Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome into the drive here on 93 Ville. Mark and Dave Skull. We are out here at Parlor. Parlor Pizza down yeah. here on Liberty downtown, right across uh, ish court caddy corner to uh, the Omni. Looks beautiful uh, down here, so you guys can come by and say uh, hello to us and enjoy some of the best pizza you'll find around here, buddy. How are you doing? doing I'm right? great, man. I like being downtown. I like doing remotes downtown. I love my city. I'll be in the middle. It just occurred to me in the midst of uh, of getting set up and and headlines and everything going on here today that somehow Kyrie Irving managed to wait until the day after Groundhog Day to ask for a trade. It's funny because I was almost I was going to lead off with Kyrie Irving being ridiculous again uh, too. The best part is like they're thirty one and twenty. They went through all all this. Like I know that Kevin Durant's hurt and they've lost. uh, I think what Bob said was seven out of the last eleven. Like I, I. but there, everything seemed okay in Brooklyn. Like maybe they once he he was healthy, they'd put together maybe a run and, and have a shot at it. And Kyrie Irving was like, "No, <laughs> nah, <laughs> we're gonna do this all over again after we did the the rigmarole last off season. I'm gonna request a trade like five days before the trade deadline. Good luck. Just a, just." Who would trade for this man? Well, the, I, that's always, I think, the bigger question is who in the world Ooh. would ever sign up for this circus? Uh, he's, you know, narcissists are completely, div- like, they're divorced from, from reality. Like, and he is, if he isn't one, nobody is. He's one of the two best ball handlers in the NBA and one of the best in NBA history between him and Curry right now. A phenomenal basketball player, uh, a great scorer, and just, I wouldn't, give a second round pick for him oh no, no. i just i would not I want him around period right my organization period and there's no way the nets get any kind of a good return for him right now with like three months left on his deal i don't think he's the missing piece for anybody correct anybody like there's not a team that he's the missing piece for i don't think the lebron and the lakers would sign up for that not for what they'd have to give up they don't have any assets to begin with they'd have to start trading away assets from the 2030 draft like this is I don't understand who they think like he thinks he's going to go to. But narcissists don't think that way, Mark. They think everybody who wouldn't want me on their team. And the answer is everybody. 30 teams, including the one you're on right now, which was maybe the only one that would have made it work. You looked at them again and said no. 
No, I want to trade. Trade me to somebody who's going to appreciate me. And, of course, this comes. Sign me for a giant contract. This comes on the heels of now being reported by uh, Bleacher Report and others uh, that after they were unable to agree on a contract extension, Mm -hmm. uh, he has requested this trade because the contract uh, extension has some stipulations in it. Oh, like you have to show up for games? Or that you can't be a raging anti-Semite in public. That That's too. usually a negative. Like we can, it's funny because we both just stated two extremely different and, and equally valid reasons why you would not want to sign Kyrie Irving to a long-term deal. And that was, one, he just might not show up and decide to just he's not going to play anymore. And two, he might say incredibly ethnically, racially, religious, whatever, culturally insensitive things uh, in public that are completely unacceptable in any day and age, especially now. Um, Good luck. Go with God, whoever signs this man to any kind of a contract or trades for him. Just know you're getting no sympathy from anyone. Right. For, for signing up for the circus and then getting it. I was listening to a national show on the way, and uh, who takes over after Jim Rome? I always forget. Like I, I, I have Scott and Han, isn't it? Scott, I think it is Scott and Han. Yeah. Um, it's changed once or twice in the yeah. last year, so I, that's why I, I don't always remember. Um, and they were talking, they were throwing out possibilities, and somebody threw out the Mavericks, and I was like, dude, do you think Mark Cuban would sign up for that and put him next to his like? supernova right. superstar that he has, that's not the last piece. That's not the missing piece for Luka Doncic. Like, really? Like, what do I need? I need a raging anti-Semite who may or may not show up to work. And isn't attached to reality. No. So, good luck with that. A flat earther. <laughs> flat. Like a legitimate flat earther. Earther. <laughs> it does make you wonder, like, what... It's I wonder, not charming anymore. Are there other, like, really old stances on things? That we could, that we could try to resurrect Earth-centric, uh, yeah, geocentric, geocentric, geocentric uh, yeah. universe. <laughs> could start hanging flies, people uh, for the sake of the appear spontaneously out of meat. You know, things <laughs> that's like right. That. <laughs> that's right. Right. We need we need some views like that uh, to be resurrected. Uh, like, like the that. humors of the body and so <laughs> Oh man, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, bleeding. Bleeding people with leeches. leeches, like all these things. <laughs> Let's go all the way back to the Middle Ages. I feel like there's probably some hipster community that does leeches. Oh, definitely. Yeah. There's no way there's not 100%. like uh, some kind of natural community, nudist community <laughs> that also believes in like bleeding with leeches. Modern medicine's the devil. We have a uh, well, yeah. And you can say off the end of the earth. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, we look. We've got a lot to get into here uh, today. Uh, it feels like somehow for the last 24 hours or so, everyone has been consumed with the their own individual response to Rick Bozich's last article uh, about about the path forward from here for Louisville basketball under Kenny Payne. And I look, I, I don't think it's an insult to anyone or like a slight or anything to say that that Rick is established as somebody who has been an advocate for Kenny to get the job and is close to Kenny and a number of people who are very unpopular uh, that have also advocated for Kenny to get the job. And so his perspective has been informed on what Kenny thinks and sympathetic to what Kenny thinks. Is that is you? Am I 
irresponsible anywhere in saying any no, of that. No, you're, you're absolutely I think right. that's accurate. Yes. Uh, and so to get an article about sort of what represents progress or a path forward or what have you, uh, for for Bozich to write something, it's it's going to be deferential. How's that? And he, boy, yeah. he'd probably be real mad at me using that word, but I'm going to use it. Today. It's it's tough though because this is and this is not like I I have a lot of respect for Rick. This is not me slamming or anything, Same. but he he really he cast his lot last off season and he wrote some pretty scathing pieces about basically shame on you all for not hiring him four years ago was essentially the tone yeah and like you made your bed with chris mack and now you sleep in it you know like sure you might hire him this offseason but it's your fault you should have hired him four years ago like there was a lot of judgment and a lot of like shame on all of you and i have no sympathy for the situation you're in tone to that there was yeah he, he cast wrote his, the, the, that article from up there yeah does that make that, No, it I makes mean? 100% like yeah. looking down upon us. And when you cast your lot that hard with somebody, like you might get upset with me saying this. I really don't care. Like You lose credibility if you don't ride with him. And you're going to lose credibility if he flames out after a year. So obviously I think you're going to write pieces that are sympathetic to him. Like There's probably a personal relationship there. But you cast your lot with him, and you're going to look like a fool if, he, if he's fired after a year. And if his, in, uh, by extension, like if his, if his tenure is a flaming disappointment, that doesn't look good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if he, if he's fired after two years, so they're setting this bar that like it's 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 almost like they're detached from reality at this point. Like a lot of people are that are writing this type of piece, and it's it's very confusing to me that we can't have a real conversation. Like you're either all the way in the bag with him. You know, for him, or you're all the way against. And there's a lot of people in the middle that are like, "Hey, man!" And when I say the middle, from it's a it's a vast middle. Like it's every, it's not, it's not a totem. You know, it's 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 everybody is different in this middle. But it's some degree of. I was on board. By the time you hired him, I was ready for a disappointing season. This is beyond that. I'm struggling to see the vision anymore. I don't understand how we dig out from this, but I'm not on board for you all readjusting expectations and rewriting history and putting this through some kind of a, a spectrum where any improvement next year is some kind of victory and making it really easy for him to skate by in year two because that's a dangerous thing, and most people aren't here for that. You know, just because like, it makes you accept the premise that there was no way he was going to do better than like three wins this year. Like this was always going to happen. And that they were um, a train wreck at the end of last year and nobody could have taken it over and done better. This was, this nadir was always inevitable. That's what you have to accept on basically surface level for all of these, these arguments in any argument that makes 500 or, or anything worse than that somehow acceptable next year is to accept that, that like it was just impossible for anybody. This was an impossible job. Uh, a three-year rebuild was inevitable, and it just completely ignores the reality of our situation now in college basketball, which is three-year rebuilds are a thing of the past for elite programs. For any program, really, but especially programs with expectations. And resources. And resources. And I have people coming out of the woodwork saying, you all, like, and I, I, I fell down the rabbit hole in a couple of threads. I didn't respond to anybody because that is Good not – 
productive. Productive, and it is not like looking at people that not this is not follower shaming, but looking at somebody that has like ten followers and getting into some kind of a mud fight with them because they don't actually understand college basketball and Louisville's place in it. Trying to look me in the eyes, I saw multiple people saying. Louisville fans have unreal expectations. You guys have been the laughing stock in college basketball for the last 10 years. Like, that is revisionist history and excuse-making and setting the bar so low that we're supposed to accept, like, what's worse than what's been happening the last couple of years. We were number one in the country three years ago. We had a sold-out Yum Center and a whiteout, and everybody was actually wearing white shirts. It was incredible. Like, those are the things that, that... you can't just erase away. Like, we agree that Chris Mack was an utter failure and he needed to go, but to act like there were no positives and Louisville wasn't relevant for stretches during his short tenure here is revisionist history. So, Rick's article, I think, is, is chock full of assertions without support or without proof for them, and I'll read what I think I would consider to be sort of the the crucial kind of nucleus of the article here. He says, the goal at Louisville should be, should always be to win games in the NCAA tournament, an achievement the Cardinals have failed to register since 2017. This program did not move to the brutal bottom of all Power 6 teams in the nine months that Kenny Payne has been in charge. And it's unreasonable to believe that the Cardinals will be a force in the ACC or the NCAA tournament next season okay he's all that that's that is assertion number one it's unreasonable that they would be that next season not this season next season that's one even if Payne scores with another recruit another with another recruit sorry and multiple guys it's a fair aside and multiple guys in the portal this will require at least two classes to get back to the tournament that's another assertion. There can't be another three and nineteen with nine and ten game losing streaks. Okay, sure, we agree with okay, that one, yeah, absolutely. But it's silly to expect a twenty win season in twenty twenty four. Getting back to five hundred seems like a reasonable expectation, and this is where it kind of kills me. Developing a team that doesn't throw the basketball. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition. And I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. Shows and how they have they have more than one oven. Yeah. To where like they'll go through the whole process of creating the meal. They put it in the oven and they go to the other oven and they just take where it out. Where it's already fixed. And he's yeah. like, we can eat right now. Yeah. Is, is the punchline. Seven hours later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, we can eat right now. <laughs> and when I, the, the first thing I thought when I read that last sentence, developing a team that doesn't throw the basketball onto River Road and defends like crazy will be a start. We can do that right now. Right. Why can we not do that right now? I'm going to tell you the number one thing that irritates the hell out of me 
for advocacy for Kenny, which I am not against. I want substantive advocacy for Kenny. But the idea that nothing that is happening this year is a reflection on the job that he and the staff are doing, nothing, and that nothing can get better until next year is the most ridiculous thing I've heard argued uh, in his defense. Like, if, that, if you're making that argument, stop. And, and if you don't think you are, make sure you're not. So I am I'm completely befuddled by the idea that j- the things that he lays out in this paragraph, there can't be another 3-19 and with a 9-10 and game losing streaks, but it's silly to expect a 20-win season in 2024. Getting back to 500 seems like a reasonable expectation. Developing a team that doesn't throw the basketball into River Road like crazy will be a start. Guys, that's the goal this year that we're coming in well under. Not next year, too? No. Like he's ba- that 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 was the whole point. Like he, we had low expectations for this year, and they went under that bar. Like I don't understand why all these purported like supporters of Kenny Payne want to strip all agency from him. Like he didn't have any control over what happened with this team. That's not a good reflection on a man that you want to be the leader of this team. Saying that they just could, there was no way they could do anything with these basketball players. They're uncoachable. I reject that wholly. You found the the one group of players that are completely uncoachable in college basketball. I'm sorry. Like Pegues did some coaching with them after after Mac, you know, left. There was some coaching to be done. It happened. And like what bothers me the most about this is that it does Kenny no favors. Like when people come out and say this and, and, and say these things and, and and draw these lines, it makes people who I think have reasonable expectations, like the two of us who had reasonable expectations and I feel like are usually pretty measured with our criticism and try not to be unfair, look like we are anti-Kenny Payne. Because, like, we're silly. Like, he he uses words like you're silly, and it's ludicrous. You know what I mean? It's like, what? to expect what? The bare minimum. We shouldn't have expected the bare minimum until year two. That doesn't do Kenny any favors. It ups the rhetoric and the emotions and getting people, like... When you start telling people that they were they were basically ridiculous for expecting effort and defense this year, for competent ball handling and some sort of pushing pivot this year, like every time I hear Jeff Greer talk about it, I love Jeff. He's one of my favorite people in Louisville media, uh, besides you, of course, Mark. You know, oh, yeah. assumed, absolutely assumed, right. present company excluded. Um, but he's always so measured. And he's always been so fair to coaches. So when people start, like, you know, getting their knives out for Jeff Greer, you got to start self-reflection. Because Greer is as measured and dispassionate about Louisville fanhood as anybody in Louisville. Like he will tell you he just loves basketball and he loves covering the team. And he's always been overly fair. And when he's like, this isn't okay, and I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, pretty much, <laughs> like the rest of us in the middle. Like, that should tell you something. When he's like, look, it's, it's okay to say that there's not enough talent, there's not this and there's not that, but to completely strip away, like, there was just no way this coaching staff could get anything done with this team. It's time for you all to disabuse yourself of these notions that they could have improved this team at all. How silly of you to think that they could take anybody that was left on that roster and do anything with them. They were broken. They couldn't have coached them at all. It's like, well, then why'd we hire him? Well, why, no, the question is, why'd you fire him? 
Yeah, fire the old guys. Yeah, right. if, if, if the issue was, you know what I mean. Like, either way, it doesn't look good. Like, what you're telling me is you can only expect Kenny to do well in the most when perfect. Every, when there are no obstacles. Exactly, the most perfect of situations. Right. He must have the best talent. Well, guess what? He's not recruiting the best talent either. <laughs> it's just there's a lot of things that people are rightfully troubled about. And I don't want to be, like, negative, negative, negative. I'd love to talk about the good things that happened on Wednesday. Because I wasn't on the radio yesterday, but the truth is, like, it's like we had multiple articles come out with the same tone after one ACC win over the next worst team in the ACC, which I wanted to have good feelings about. Like, anybody who was poo-pooing the celebration on Wednesday, like, shame on you, whatever. Like, let that let the kids who've had a miserable season have a little bit of fun for one night. Everybody knows we didn't beat Duke. It's fine. Let them celebrate it, then back to work. Nobody's changing their expectations of the season. But, it, like, multiple people jumped on that opportunity to be like, see, we got to give him another year, and he doesn't have to win many games then either. <laughs> this was not the th- – was that in the drafts, do you think, until the first ACC win, like, and the ground was a little softer? Oh, to go ahead and fire this one out yeah. there? Well, no, if anything, the article feels like an effort – to tell us all to not get carried away with our happiness. And it's kind of a confession. Like, guys, that was probably more about Georgia Tech. The team is actually isn't any good. Because it was. But, but I don't even want to say that, but, but it was. But here's what pisses me off about the article. And it is, it is a writer thing. It happens all the time. And I'm tired of it. Because I'm no less rational than Rick Bozich because his articles go online and I talk into a microphone. Okay? Here's what I hate. Quote. The idea of a quick fix is a sexy social media or talk radio topic. The landscape of college basketball shows that lifting a program back to relevance takes time. I am beyond tired of if if there's an idiotic idea, well, that belongs and probably has its origins in the the stupid old dumbass Ennis. Uh, talk radio Stupid world. SNS for sure. Yes, yeah. right. The talk, the talk radio. Well, that's where dumb. That's where numbnuts talk about numbnuts things. Like, <laughs> but I am Rick I'm a media member. <laughs> like, I'm. I'm so tired of that. Yeah. This article is no less rational, or no more rational. No more excuse rational, me. Yeah. Than any kind of call or claim that there was that, that Louisville was going to take Duke's recruiting class from them last year. And if you thought that, you were goofball too. It's no more rational than anyone who was advocating things for Kenny that were totally unrealistic, too. But the, I, no one, here's the, 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 what kills me. No one is actually clamoring for a quick fix. Everyone was prepared for this. They were hoping it could be quick. Every fan base hopes that a, a coaching change will do is to fix it like that. Everyone was ready for Something a little better than last year with seeds of, of gigantic future growth. And we've all gone through this, and the, the finest example we have is Charlie. Sure. Six and six, seven and five, seven and six, actually, because they lost the bowl game. Six, six, seven and six. What was it? Seven and six, seven and six, right? Both yeah. years. And then, boom, 10 and two, you win the Sugar Bowl. Like, there was a, a, but it, there were two years where it was sort of middling still. Two and four in year two. But there were always things that were getting better. There were always improvements. There were always things to hold on to while you sort of trudge through and power wash all these other areas. Because no one does fix it all in one year. It never happens. 
But nobody was ever asking for that. Nobody ever expected that. At best, it would have been magical and you would have loved it. But everyone was prepared for it. We are so far under what everyone was prepared to carry alongside Kenny that talking about, well, it was always ridiculous to ask for a quick fix. Nope, folks, we didn't ask for that. No one's saying we didn't get our quick fix. We're not getting the fix at all. It got worse. It got worse, and we set a new low bar. Like, it's literally the worst team in the worst season we've ever had in modern little basketball. And setting the bar lower than you had it when you got it, and then saying, well, we exceeded that in year two, that's a recipe for everyone being like, dude, like, that's not good enough, <laughs> you know? And it's, I don't understand how anybody couldn't, like, Hired for player development and recruiting. Player development didn't happen this year, largely. Didn't really happen. Some guys got worse. But there's there's not a ton of player development happening there. LLS, maybe Mike James. Mike James was hurt all last year. You know, JJ, a little bit. Great, fine. Recruiting, we know the IRP story, that's fine, but it hasn't happened to this point. And what that's done has laid bare maybe the weaknesses everywhere else in his coaching uh, acumen, and I'm not saying that like he's a smart guy. He obviously knows basketball, but there's a difference between knowing basketball and being able to teach it, and being able to coach young men, and being the head guy and not the assistant. And I'm not like, look, we're we were all telling you there's 99% chance, maybe a little bit less than that, that there's a year or two of Kenny Payne. But don't ask me to 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 be like, yeah, I'm super confident this is gonna work out. And I'm okay with setting the bar lower because this year was so bad, we can't expect the giant improvement next year. No, you have to take some responsibility for how this year being so bad. Like, you don't get like a mulligan. Not for this program. I mean, LSU wouldn't take that. You know, programs that don't belong in the same stratosphere as us wouldn't take that. They'd be discussing the job security of, of, their, of their coach at 3-19. and 19. Like, man, last year was bad, but I didn't expect this. And they don't care about basketball half as much as we do. The article earlier where it says that the program did not reach this brutal bottom in the nine months that Kenny Payne has been in charge, and it's unreasonable that they'll be a force in the NCAA tournament next year. That's, that's right. Kenny did not break Louisville basketball all by himself. And I don't even think it's broken, but it's bad right now. But he didn't get it where it is all by himself. That's right. But no one has expected him to fix it all already. It is, a, it is the height of logical fallacies here for people to continue to portray things like everyone expected this to be great already. The objections are to how badly it has gone, not to the fact that it's not all the way back to where it needs to be. And it, it continually responding to arguments that no one's making. Yeah, and then to I think just to it's a straw man. I mean, there's a lot of straw man arguments going on. But here. to then continue to 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 kind of preemptively try to just drag this bar down, like 500 for next year. Like, th- not a, There's not a chance the expectations are for you to be able to do better in the portal than, than some of the comparisons made, like Pitt. Kenny, I think you should be able to get better transfers than Pitt is able to get in year four of Jeff Cable, or the offseason after year four of Jeff Cable, and it's Pitt. I think you should be able to do better than that. And here is what I, I think bothers me the most about all of this is that Louisville fans are not unreasonable. People will sit through a lot of middling 
football and basketball and women's basketball at times, as long as there is any kind of a glimmer of a seed of anything, that it's this is just a temporary stop on the way back to or on the way to something that we're yeah. all hoping for. We've all done it. The, the, the NIT David Padgett year, you know, the, the crowds are great. That team was, was infuriating at times. But people were there for it. There's just the, the idea that Louisville fans are just un, utterly unreasonable. I've, I've hated how much of a beating you all have taken this year at the hands of people uh, who, who don't have anything to, to give or to hand out to the, to the people who are in charge of the results. Nothing for them, just y'all. And I'm a little tired of that, not to, not to mention the constant smug dumping on sports radio. On top of that, this is a group of fans who have been through it by no fault of their own for the last seven years, eight years. You know, like that's – and to constantly be like, well, your expectations are too high. <laughs> like, and, and grouping everybody that's like left of, you know, all the way in on Kenny – as or whatever you want to say, like who's not just a, a 100% apologist, grouped them all in the same basket as unreasonable and expecting the moon when it's simply not correct, not accurate, and it's insulting. After they've already been through all this and they're already they're still willing to, to sit through more. And they're like, yeah, well, you're not willing to sit through 3 and 19, so you're unreasonable. It's like, come on, man. Like there's there's... The tribalism on this one's it hurts. It hurts. And it's like if you cast your lot, you can't, can't show any sign of weakness. It's so, it's so political. Like, and, and I don't mean like, but it feels like, politi- it feels like politics where admitting it's your own guy has analogous any faults. lobbying. Right. Yeah. Where you, admitting right. your own guy has any faults is somehow agreeing with the other side. And, and you can't show any weakness. You know, and it's like, you know what, man? Lie right now. All right, let's take a, a quick break here, uh, and when we come back, we'll open up the phones. Let you guys sound off on that a, a little bit here as well. On the drive on the Thunderbell out here at Parlor Pizza downtown on Liberty, come say hello to us here. Be right back. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. We're out here at Parlor Pizza. Come by and say hello uh, to us. Get yourself something to eat, something to drink while uh, we are out here. Uh, fantastic care. Starting to get uh, a little busy down here. Uh, downtown, but we have been spending uh, the majority of our time here uh, talking about the uh, the article uh, that Rick Bozich posted yesterday, which I think has sort of become the uh, the topic of conversation for close to 24 hours now about what is reasonable uh, and what's realistic for hopes or expectations, especially in a year two of Kenny, which I'm going to continue to operate on the assumption that he is going to get that, uh, even if it's, you know, comes with a radical amount of, uh, of discontinuity and turnover, both in you know, coaching staff or staff in general and roster both, uh, that they will more than likely. I mean, I think it would take something still 
worse uh, than, than, than what's happening now or perhaps even something personal for that to happen. So I think we're going to be uh, having a year or two. Uh, and I was, I was concerned that people who have issues with how this year have gone uh, are being portrayed as, as being utterly unrealistic. Uh, and the what feels like the very intentionally lowering of the bar uh, for for next year in a way that I think is just unreasonable and downright, I think, insulting to Kenny. And that's maybe the ultimate irony of everything that Rick had to say in the uh, Rick Bozich in the WDRB article is that I don't think that Louisville hired a coach uh, that is so incapable of coaching a team that there can't be dramatic improvements next year. That's what I think is most ironic is that th- the way he talks about it, it's like he doesn't think Kenny can make them all that better with coaching at all. And I think that's the part that's infuriating. Well, it's not the part, but it's a part. It's one of it. Yeah, one of the parts. Of that is that I think I don't think Kenny's a bad coach, and I don't think he doesn't care, and I don't think he's not trying. I just don't think he's doing a good job this year. That doesn't mean he can't figure it out. It doesn't mean he might not even know now what he did wrong early on. But in being critical of it, the whole reason that I think I can be critical of it is I think he's, I think he's capable. And if it is, don't you think that you, you either have to say it's one or the other? If the kids are the issue here, and I would, I would assume that, that the Sbozich or whoever else would, would think – Eves or whatever would say that the if the the roster is the biggest part of the problem, well if if it's not fifty fifty, then I'm I'm going to fix with major roster turnover next year. I'm going to fix way more of the problem right away. If I grant you now that the roster is is a more than half the problem, then we are fixing more than half the problem, or at least changing more of half the problem this offseason so i do think i'm allowed to have expectations that are a little bit bigger if you do a good job fixing them see this is this was my biggest assertion and you know it's the end of the world when like Locke and i have been best friends forever we've been agreeing like well i love Locke, but we've been agreeing a lot especially when it comes to this little basketball team which i don't know if that's a good thing maybe i just called myself out but no like it's uh Basically, I, I yeah, said... It's time for you to reevaluate. Right, things, right, right. If I grant you everything, like the old Bob Valvan, if I grant, I'll grant you your argument right. that this team is just not talented enough and there was simply no way that Kenny could have possibly uh, turned over the roster effectively last year. It's just impossible with IARP. Fine, I will grant you all of that. Why can't he do it this offseason? You know, like, that's what kills me is that just because we had the cloud, we don't have the cloud this year. The verdict has come down. The sentence has been passed. And there is no postseason ban coming. So the, uh, the transfer portal should be completely unadulterated. He should be able to sell his vision and sell his program. No anchors, no. There are no anchors, and he has NIL money. We have it under good authority that he has NIL money to spend. He should be able to get several impact transfers. That shouldn't be an issue. So why are you letting him off the hook already prematurely? Why can't you just say, why don't you all wait till what he does this offseason and see what he can do next year? I'd be much more receptive to that than saying, yeah. 
than you telling me, like, setting expectations so low off the jump that it's impossible for him to fail in your eyes unless he comes out next year and once again is, is historically bad, which probably won't happen if he comes back next year. He's probably not going to be a three- or four-win team because he'll have some sort of talent upgrade. But is that really the, the bottom? you just got to be better than this year? No, that's not the standard. That's not the standard. Even if I grant you your argument. that was the. I felt like that was the standard this year. That's the point, yeah. Right. Yeah, and he was below the standard and set a new low. And that doesn't mean you get a, a, like some kind of reprieve for year two. 81-50-93-9 is the number if you want to get in here. We'll start things off with Tim. Tim, welcome into the drive. And I think, what's up, buddy? Hey, Biscuit, what's going on, fellas? Happy Friday. So a couple points. Hey, buddy. Hey, First, buddy. I, agree, I agree with you guys. It drives me crazy when the print meets newspaper, whatever you want to call them, acts so superior to radio guys, message board guys. Dirty little secret, all of you guys share the same audience. We're all the same people. You know, we're all the message <laughs> boards. We're listening to the radio. Yeah, yeah. Not many of us read print anymore. We'll go look at the newspapers and see what's happening. So a couple things that bug me about what he's saying. You know, Blake's made a good point this morning. He says, can you take over a 13-team win? 13-win team. You took over a 13-win team. You didn't take over a three-win team. You took over a 13-win team. We lost three or four guys, but we added three or four guys, you know, that I think are as, as good as the ones we lost, and now we're a three-win team. So next year, yes, we expect a lot better. And they act like it hasn't been done. Look around. Look at Kansas State. Look at Iowa State. Look at these teams that turn things around in one season. I mean, it's not like it's right there in front of their eyes. I don't understand it. And then secondly, you know, earlier in the – and maybe this is – maybe I agree with this, but earlier in the year, all these same people are like, well, you can't expect Kenny to have a – a great season this year because of the cloud. If he didn't have the cloud, he'd be able to turn this thing around pretty quick. Well, now the cloud's gone, but they changed that. Well, it's still a year or two. Why? The best players on the field this year because we're the best program that's in this situation, and we got plenty of time forever. We should get no no restrictions. We should get the best players, and this thing should be turned around. And the last thing is, you know, Steve and Beard and Brunswick and Fox, all these guys better be careful because they're turning a fan base against them. And, that, and, and, and in turn, that could end up hurting Kenny Payne because a lot of the fans are just tired of being told rational, bad judgment, not. We're not putting faith in Kenya. Even worse things we've been accused of. And fans are tired of it. And it's starting to get like two different camps. And so they better be careful. But the expectation at Louisville is always the tournament. That's a minimum expectation. And so, yeah, next year it better be better. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens if it doesn't. But I'm with you guys today. So thanks for being the voice for us, fellas. Yep. Appreciate, Appreciate it, Tim. Tim. Thank you very much. I just, uh, Tim, I, it sounded like you were going us. inside and out, like in and out of the TV from Poltergeist. <laughs> yeah, you kind of called us from in and out of the other Marianne, side. Marianne, yeah. step away from the light, Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> or Carol Ann, that's what it is. Yep. Carol Ann. Mary Ann. Mary Ann, I know. <laughs> I know. It just I doesn't fired. sound right at all. Does it? No. Well, that's, well, I immediately said, that's not right. It's no. Carol Ann. Right. As soon as you said, like, oh, no. Who's Marianne? Yeah, she's not, not in that movie. Not a chance. But no, he was, 
echoing some of the stuff that we said that like he's not guys like Rick aren't doing Kenny any favors. They're like Kenny's not saying this and he's pissing him off. You know, <laughs> these people keep like being told that they were ridiculous for expecting like ten wins this year. You know, and they're ridiculous for expecting them to be able to do. Like the messaging is mixed and the goalposts keep getting moved. You know, where like if you told me last offseason, the reason why he can't recruit in the portal at all is because of this cloud and you guys need to calm down. Nobody could have done it, even though we're like, well, yeah, there's like 700 other people he could have gotten in the portal other than the five guys that he could, whatever. That's fine. I'll grant you that. That's fine. There is no cloud this year. Right. There isn't. So what's the excuse if he can't get guys in the portal this year? Like, tell, don't don't set the expectations so low before we see what he can do in the portal. I'm, you're, you'll call me crazy here, but I'm actually, and, it, and I recognize it's not based on anything. I haven't talked to anybody that tells me this. Marianne. I, Marianne. I have a feeling uh, that that they're going to do fine in the portal. Yeah. That I think they're going to get guys. I it looks like we've lost them temporarily, so we'll just take a quick break, try to get everything sorted out, and we'll be right back on the drive on anything around the ville. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Appreciate you guys sticking with us here. A little uh, temporary technical difficulty. I think we've got it settled here. Can we, uh, if, do we still have Mike? Let's get Mike uh, in here next. Mike, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into The Drive. Not the Ville. What's up? Hey, Mark, Dave, can you hear me? Yes, yeah. Sir. Awesome, guys. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. I mean, what I've been talking about all season, I've been on the show on many different shows, um, just echoing, we know what ugly basketball looks like. You know, and it's like, why haven't we seen any modest changes? Why do we got to keep repetitively seeing LLs run down the floor and throw the ball out of bounds? I don't know about you all, but I would rather – you know, you know, if we're going to have two or three wins, let's have two or three wins with the guys that are going to give the effort on the bench. You know, those things, like I said, Fabio came in in the Notre Dame game. They ran a little, you know, give and go into the corner, and then he made a three. I was like, that was more motion and, you know, continuity than I've seen, you know, 90% of the year, you know, except for like the Western Kentucky game. So it's like, you know, all things being equal, yes, he should magnify what he's doing in the portal. He should be able to get some recruits. But, again, it comes down to, you know, our expectation as fans. I've been a long-time fan. I was for Kenny. I, I, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm in my 40s. I've been watching little basketball since, you know, I remember being outside when they won in 86 and everybody in the city going crazy. I was here in 2013 when hopefully we're putting that banner back up. So I've been a lifelong fan, so of course I was in support of Kenny. But at the end of the day, I don't see anybody on the bench at the couple games I went to grabbing them guys out of the game and coaching them up to their expectations of whatever that is. You know, so where is the coaching going to be? Because, again, at the end of the day, we know he's a great recruiter. You know, we can talk about the people that are 70 miles down the street who get all the talent in the world but probably should have four or five more banners up there if they had – a Tom Izzo on the bench with that caliber of talent because they can coach basketball and get the maximum out of the players that they have. 
So that's what I want to see is, you know, why are we not getting any maximum? You know, I know people talk about being the, um, the, the big guy whisperer um, and got Danny Manning out there, you know, and we haven't seen any progression. And if anything, we saw, like you said, Curry came in overweight, out of shape, and we saw him like a firecracker at the end of the year last year. I was excited about Curry and Ellis. And then they come in this year and, you know, having a 10-game win expectation – well, you know, 10-game win expectation, we have that usually going into December when we beat all the bums. So, you know, even if we went 0-4 forever in ACC and we beat all the bums, we have 10 wins. Appreciate the call, Mike. Thank you. Listen, I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. The two parts uh, that I was, I was going to say before we got uh, disconnected there, the two parts of the article that bother me most is obviously the lazy short of shot at, Sports radio, that's just, that's personal, but I don't mind. This is my show, so we're, I'm we're, going to air my spleen how I want to. I don't understand us. We're tremendous slouches. But also, it, it's the the preemptive lowering of next year's yeah. bar. Uh, it's totally uncalled for. It it's not. It, it's reflect. It feels like you're telling on yourself, if anything. Uh, and I just I was very disappointed in that part of it, uh, without really giving. Without treating any of the, I think, the unrest or the unhappiness how the season is going, as if there's any validity to any of it. And I think it's the unwillingness of, of I guess, like that side to do any to say anything uh, that uh, about the struggles and, and why and what they're going to do about it and who's on the hook for what here uh, has been – it doesn't serve Kenny and it certainly doesn't serve fans uh, at all here. Uh, like there's not a um... – the, the the like refusal to acknowledge the coaching staff's role in any of this is is the first thing and then the second thing is something that Jeff touched on Jeff Greer touched on the other day which was on LSL I think and I think they were actually on last night when he said you know I, I've been covering co- he's been covering college basketball for a long time and usually you ask a coach a basketball question you get a basketball answer you know and I'm I'm paraphrasing a little bit but he said normally coaches can they can address issues when, like, this team can't do this right, this right. Well, change it up. Run a 1-3-1. You know, do something. Do anything different. Like, throw some basketball solutions at a basketball problem instead of throwing out platitudes and, like, different, like, the same things over and over again. And, and speaking generally, this fan base can stand a little bit of basketball nerdery and a little bit of basketball talk, and they would much rather you actually address issues instead of just saying man you should see how bad they are in practice it's like all right i mean you can say that but then tell me what you're going to do about it and tell me and then do something tangible on the court that i can see you changing something whether it be the starting lineup and the personnel or be the way you approach things because you simply can't run what you've been running all year with this team clearly it ain't working so even if you fail doing something else fail doing something else Fail doing everything, it, trying everything. everything. Like, right. Get in your bag of tricks. Show me you've got a bag of tricks. Because if you don't, it's going to be tough to be a college basketball coach. Because even the most talented teams, and sometimes even like more so the most, most talented teams, need different types of motivation and pivots and things like that so you can get them going. Uh, the tweaks. That you were so that you were witness to in, in Lexington for ten years, Kenny. Like, come on, man. I, I just. This is what doesn't do Kenny any favors is when people are just – they accept everything he says on face value and say, 
There's nothing else he could have done. Uh, if you guys think he's failing, you're wrong. You know, just like it's gaslighting. It's like, no, man, there's, you know, there's like whatever this season was going to be with a replacement level coach or with the same coach we had last year or whatever, it's less than that. What would have been, I think, fascinating, and I would love to, I guess, uh, dig into the Bozich archive here uh, maybe or Eve's uh, podcast archive or something. Was there one person who said this is how it was going to go? No, that's, that, I don't think so. That yeah. would be the interesting one. It's like, was there one person who looked at all the inputs here and saw the actual output? I would love to talk to that person. On the other side here, on the drive, on the Villa out here at Parlor Pizza. Be right back.